Hello, Pastor Lisa Bates Froyland here from Redeemer Lutheran Church in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Welcome to our fourth season of the Redeemer Lives, Redeemer Lives podcast, a more portable way to take in the weekly preaching and music here at Redeemer. This season, we weather the winter months together. Join us as we prepare for Christmas in December and get to know Jesus through scripture and song in January, February, March, and then head toward a crescendo in April with a retelling of Jesus's death and resurrection. Imagine that, a religion founded on the promise that new life can emerge from death. And lucky us here in Wisconsin, because nature will be showing us this truth at the very same time. And now, here's the sermon. I had the pleasure of volunteering for an hour at the Milwaukee Academy of Chinese Language on Wednesday, and I mention that because I still recommend that to any of us um, here who have an hour a day that they can spare in such a way. I've been spending time with these uh, K-5ers, and uh, boy, do they have my heart. So when I came uh, last Wednesday, they were still in the art room, and they were on their way back to their classroom. So I met up with the teacher in the hallway, and she said to me, uh, I need your help. We'll call him Kay. Kay is having a rough day, and he keeps shoving people. I said, I, I had seen Kay before. I think Kay is a bright boy who sometimes get bored, gets bored. So I reached into my pocket with the prop that I had brought for the day, <clears throat> and it was a camel made out of olive wood, because I've been telling them a little bit about Palestine. And so I just walked up to Kay, and I said, hey, will you hold this camel? So once he had the camel in his hands, he was not interested in pushing anybody at all. And so he really loved holding the camel. That was his job. It was interesting, and it was fun, and there was no longer a problem. Except that some of the kids were looking over their shoulder like, why does he get to hold the camel? But when, when we got back to the classroom, they all sat down and I said, now Kay will share the camel and everybody will get a chance to hold and touch the olive wood camel. I say this because it might not have seemed fair that the young boy who is misbehaving was given this glorious reward of holding a camel. <laughs> but it did solve the problem. And so in that way, I think it was fair and fair to the rest of the kiddos who didn't get shoved as a result. And everybody got their turn eventually. In reading the gospel that I just shared with you, I always know that so many Americans really wish that Jesus had not told this story because it seems so profoundly unfair. Why would someone who worked so much fewer hours get the same pay as someone who had worked all day. That is un-American. And so they are really hoping, <laughs> I think, in their heart of hearts, that it's just a metaphor. And it is, for sure. Yet there is also an insight, a value here, that applies to the politics of work and wages. Very simply, a denarius equates to the amount of money that someone would need to feed themselves and a small family for a day, right? So anybody who gets less than that doesn't get to eat, and their, ki and their kids and their family goes hungry 
So the value there is that everyone deserves the basic means to live. Is there a quarrel with that? <laughs> that everybody deserves the basic means to live? That's what's being said here. And yet we wrangle over that kind of thing all the time. Just in the last week's news, Medicare, Medicaid, student loans is always of a piece. We're always talking about what's fair, what's fair. Now the part of this teaching story that is about faith, that metaphorical part, really regards when it is that you recognize God's presence in your life and respond to it in a meaningful way, going out into the vineyard, receiving your blessing. I thought about this too. And uh, I was walking around last night with a calculator in one pocket <laughs> and my phone in the other because we were trying to make our way to that, that goal that we got at the end. So I took that calculator a little bit later when I was finishing the sermon. And I thought, you know what? In all my life, I've been taken to church and then gone to church since babyhood. And I figure probably on average, I've missed maybe three Sundays a calendar year. So if I'm 53 years old, that means that I have gone to church 2,597 times. And there are those in, in this room probably who have done three or four times that. And yet, for all those times I've gone to church, when it comes to God, that doesn't matter one even little bit. It's not about when, it's that you've responded to the message of grace and come to the table. However, what have I gained from worshiping and praising God all those 2,597 times in the church, right? It's not like I'm saying, geez, I, I really wish that I had joined a soccer league instead or maybe I'd gone to coffee or slept in or whatever. What have I gained from worshiping and praising God 2,597 times, when this parable tells me that there would be great rejoicing if today was my very first time. Maybe today is the very first time for someone in this room. We celebrate that, and so does God. But what have I gained? From babyhood, I know that I've had people who are rooting for me, who want to see me be happy in life and they join in a room regularly um, each week. I have gained, I believe, a sense of resilience. That when times are tough, we have scriptures that tell us exactly how others have grappled with tough times in the past and the promises of God that meet those struggles. I have perspective about how little this slice of life really is compared to the bigness of God and the grandeur of God, and that helps too. I've gained a place where I can try things out. I was allowed to play the piano for worship when I was 11 years old. I played the trumpet on Easter Sunday as a teenager. They let me teach Sunday school when I was still a teenager myself. And we know that that's a great gift for our children, like Carter, who's among us once again, to try things out in a safe place here where people will really um, welcome what you have to try out. 
It's also been a place for me to weep, honestly. I think it has for you too. To cry, to be sick, to be broken, and to humble yourself to receive some help. It is a place as well to be encouraged and reminded of what truly matters. I don't know about you, but that's worth 2,597 times. And this Christianity, it is a complex and it's a rich faith tradition. It is not simple. It's not something that you're going to get from a refrigerator magnet. The more time you spend with it, the more you'll benefit. But crucially, and I use that word that has cross within it, crucially, it's always better late than never. It's always better late than never. So here's the little trick to this thing at the end. The last will be first and the first will be last. There's actually a little bit of a translation issue in there. So listen to this. That's why I said, or is it, at the end of the title today. This could have as accurately been translated, the last will be as the first, and the first as the last. There's an equality there, an equality of status in the eyes of God, and an equitable share in spiritual blessings. So last Sunday, after worship, we had the first pilot project for Gospel Brunch. We were in the auditorium. We had the most amazing soul food lunch um, that day. And we had people coming from all kinds of different places to sit at tables one with another. The room was full. We had Noon Run friends there. We had Redeemer people there. We had some Marquette students there. It's exactly a representation of our vision for what's possible at tables that will be crowded. And they were crowded last Sunday. And it doesn't matter how long anybody's been coming to the table. The celebration is that they are coming to a crowded table. Friends, God is generous, as the scripture says, so generous that we might sometimes fight against it. Our sinful nature might make us envious about what somebody else gets rather than ourselves. Who gets to hold the camel as they're walking down the hall? But God never punishes the latecomer to the table. God rejoices. God rejoices. God isn't fair. And thanks be to God for that. Amen. Who can remain 
sermon and a song. Hope you are inspired, fortified, challenged by these podcasts, and also willing to donate to support our ministry here in the heart of Milwaukee. Online, go to www.redeemermilwaukee.org. An old-fashioned paper check means no fees. The entire gift supports the ministry here. Send a check to Redeemer Church, 631 North 19th Street, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Five three two three three. Our Fearless and Faithful Capital Campaign invites anyone to help us with financial contributions, big or small, to make our physical home at the corner of 19th Street and Wisconsin Avenue ready and able to worship, for education, and especially for outreach in decades to come. Information on Fearless and Faithful can be found at the website www.redeemermilwaukee.org. Until next time, may our gracious God increase your hope, strengthen your faith, deepen your capacity for love, and grant you peace. Uh